Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Reviews and Booze. We're your hosts, I'm Harold Deckett, and with me is always Andrew Miranda. hey We have a great show for you today. We're going to be discussing the third episode of Ted Lasso Season 2 on Apple Plus that aired this Friday. And also the horrific HBO documentary about Woodstock 99. Horrific um, is but- <laughs> a good description for it. Uh, yes, um, but before we dive into anything, Andrew, what are you sipping on tonight? Tonight, I am dabbling with the Leinenkugel Berry Weiss. It's, Ooh, it's Weiss. delightful. It's like fruity. It tastes like diabetes in a bottle. It's got hints of... I, I, don't, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. It's It, it okay. kind of tastes like if Budweiser put out a blueberry and raspberry beer all at the same time. Not bad. Oh, Okay, uh, okay. Definitely a headache in a bottle. So that's something yeah, I, I gotta I look out for. That. Yeah, just don't don't drink six of those. Uh, and take well, your you know prick your finger no and promises. see where your blood sugar is at. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad though. Uh, I'd recommend. Uh, what about yourself? I am drinking something called blah blah blah. All right. Um, <laughs> it's called blah 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 <laughs> IPA from Twenty First Amendment Brewery uh, Brewing Company. Um, yeah, it's a double IPA. It's it's pretty good, you know. Um, it's pretty hoppy. It's I don't even know what the alcohol percentage is on this. It's eight percent. So oh, that'll again, get you pregnant. Again, I'm gonna be on the floor. Um, <laughs> but your it dog does have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, it definitely um, has like this. It's it, just like your beer, but less sugary. It has like a little sweeter bite to it towards the tail end of the sips which is kind of different from any of the other ipas that i've had in the past i'm just not a huge ipa fan just because that hoppy leftover taste in your mouth especially if you drink i know if you drink one too many of them the next day is brutal and you're just gonna be burping up Uh soy sauce (laughs) (laughs) well i mean these are i normally don't drink anything below seven percent mm, but i also don't me. have more than four or well. three in a night just because i don't want to like stumble into the bedroom and fall asleep and whale breach onto the bed <laughs> oh, so God. i i, I just kind whale of breach <laughs> <laughs> i just kind of you know lay low and and sip on these throughout the night and i'm good with like two or three so okay. it's um yeah and this the cover intrigued me it's like a bunch of people protesting and it looks like um they're during the prohibition era where you know alcohol was a oh, way back yonder protesting <laughs> yeah that's what it looks like um but yeah blah 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 ipa very good very Ooh, tasty maybe we'll check it out <laughs> oh yeah um another thing that people should check out again we always talk about it and we love it is ted lasso season two it doesn't get any better than ted lasso and or lead tasso Oh my god. Yeah, we'll dive into Led Tasso. That was so Led Tasso great. was a trip. <laughs> um, but we're, we're talking about season uh, season 2 episode 3 on Apple Plus that just aired and it's coming off the heels of a basically a 10 out of 10 season so far with episodes 1 and 2. So, it's yeah, what I was expecting like, oh, maybe they're going to dip a little bit. You know, maybe it'll be like a 7 out of 10 episode. Like, oh, it's going to be a little filler. Oh, yeah. We talked no. about this last or two weeks ago when we thought like, all right, there's yeah. going to be like some kind of letdown and filler episodes and something that people are going to be like, all right, come on. What are, what are mm-hmm. we doing here? Yep. But nope. Nope. Little did I know. I'm literally crying again <laughs> while watching 10 Lasso. Crying on the treadmill. <laughs> Every <laughs> I did watch it on the treadmill today after I went to the gym. It um, was. But, uh, God, it really hit me in the feels. It did. This it whole, was a this whole beautiful episode. This whole Jamie coming back storyline. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say come up. It's this might have been my one of my favorite Ted Lasso episodes to date. Really? Uh, it was. I mean, I did miss the excitement of an actual soccer match. Which spoiler alert: yeah. you don't really get a soccer match in this episode. But it was no, you get so part of it in good. the first one, but that's about it. Yeah. It was just balls to the walls, right in the fields, classic Ted Zingers from two seconds <laughs> into it. He goes, bibbidi bobbidi booyah. 
Hail. <laughs> I'm going to be using that. That's going to be in my uh, <laughs> vocabulary moving forward. <laughs> but what episode, what season two is doing right now, they're tackling like deeper subject matters rather than just like taking over a soccer team they and are. trying to win games. You know, they're talking about death and therapy and people really trying to get back, you know, in the swing of things. I think they're just and, trying to be like, they're trying yeah. to focus on people being well-rounded, mentally good people, and just overall good yeah. people. Like, the big focus of this episode is Sam and his little trials and tribulations of, do I want to make monies? Do I want to be a soccer or a footballer, as they say? Or do I want to stand up for my nation? Yeah, and when he was talking to his father about how he, like... I don't know. He was um like not a spokesperson, but he was on the cover of like uh, Dubai, D- Dubai Air, Air magazine, yes. and it. He was texting his father like, "Hey, you know, I like I'm look at this like free air travel for you guys. It's gonna be awesome." And then his dad's like, "Do you know that they're part of another company that like spilled oil all along the coast uh, of our country?" And that and was so heartbreaking because i love sam and he's just one of those feel-good stories inside of the episode and he finally gets his chance to shine and he's got the he's got the money coming in he's got the sponsorship Mm -hmm. he's on the cover of the magazine and then it all gets crashed down with his dad sending two text messages (laughs) yeah but also like he didn't know no he didn't know and and i feel like his his dad obviously we don't see like him texting but i feel like he just assumed that his son knew about it and he's like what are you doing yeah that's but that's just, the vibe that i got where his dad was just kind of mm-hmm. like what it, come on bud what are you doing this, yeah can't do um, this. but that definitely yeah that definitely hit me because sam is such a sweetheart character you know he's like someone that you want to root for no matter what happens oh he is throughout the episodes yeah i think one of my favorite things in this entire episode is the look that sam gives to ted um right as the team is ripping jamie tart a new one after he apologizes Mm -hmm. to one and then they're just screaming at him and everyone goes out to the field and sam just looks at ted and gives him that like hey you don't fucked up look (laughs) yeah yeah told you so Mm -hmm. told you so um but I do okay. So last episode we spoke, I wasn't really a fan of Jamie. No, and definitely him, not. him coming back, and like basically what I was just tainted from season one. But him coming back and first apologizing, and then going onto the field and literally like getting, like I don't know what pummeled. it's called, <laughs> pummeled in in soccer where like someone slides and knocks him over, but. Like, he's, like, really getting put in his place. Like, hey, you're not the best on the team anymore. Like, we've learned a few things since you've left. Yes, even though they're not a great team, uh, they still are better without him. But now they add him, so they should be better. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they're going to come back at some point. But it was really humbling to see Jamie kind of knocked down off his pedestal. Well, you had to go from, what was he on, Chelsea? Was it Chelsea? No. Uh, No, not Chelsea. That was Roy Kent. Um, Can't think of the team off the top of my head, but it was a Premier League team. And to go from mm. that way back down to Richmond, that has got to be a tremendously humbling experience. Yeah. And it seems like he's not, like, pushing back. Like, he's taking it well, you know? Like, he wants to be better. He wants to, you know, have a team again and go back into the sport because when he went to, like, that reality show. Oh, God, that he the was reality on, he, show. <laughs> yeah, he just absolutely hated it. And people hated him for it, like, for leaving and doing that. And so him coming back and like bickering with the team is kind of like a bonding experience, which I liked. I liked how they were yelling at him and checked him on the too. field. And I was yeah, also a huge so. fan. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a very punchable face. He has so I think a tremendously <laughs> punchable face. Although I did love when he started apologizing. He's like, oh, so I've hit it on your mom. You know, tell your dad I'm sorry. Give him a bit of jet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your like, your your accent is on point. Um, I know, I'm but... Jamie flipping taught. No offense to the English out there. I love the accent. I just can't do it. <laughs> you just you just can't do it. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> um, but towards the end of this episode, 
with with this storyline of Jamie coming back and you you start to see the team kind of like turning on just Jamie and then yes. this is where Led Tasso comes out. Oh yes. This is where Led Flippin' Tasso comes out. And I'm going to be honest, I looked away from the TV for one second and I was like, what the who the fuck is Led Tasso? I'm like, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. And then he just comes out guns blazing. He's like it was kind of scary. It was kind of scary. He's like that high school coach that never got his real shot, and he just just taking out his frustrations on these twelve year olds. <laughs> yeah, and just yelling at them and telling them to do like random things, like touch your toes, touch each other's toes, <laughs> and run a thousand laps. And you're like, wait, what wait, is what? going on right now? <laughs> is, Why are you so angry? Is a thousand laps even possible? I and, I loved when he went out first Ted Lasso like ten seconds into it. And he's screaming at uh, players, and he's like, are you hydrated? Because you're about to be dehydrated. You're going to look like one of them trees from a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> and I was in my head, I was like, you know oh, what? Yeah. Touche. Every tree Touché. in Tim Burton movies, aside from the one in Nightmare Before Christmas, they suck. They're disheveled. Well, that's just like Tim Burton's style. Each person also has like hollow cheeks and yes, kind of like pale and grays. So that's just like his style. Um, but when he when he came out and he was led Tasso for a bit and the team was just kind of like turning on him, like, I hate this. Like, why are you being like this? And he's like, I don't care. Shut your mouth. And then he went back to Coach Beard and he just like clapped in his face. He's like, how long was I out? <laughs> yes, I saw that. And I was like, whoa, maybe he was like actually experiencing something there (laughs) yeah and then he like looks up at the therapist who's who's like watching all the practices now and she's like what was that and he's like oh it's just something that we decided to do and she like knew exactly what they were going for to get everyone mad at him and not jamie yes uh that therapist is way too smart and has no time for uh ted shenanigans right she she like already knows everything about everyone on the on the field right now and oh, then yeah. ted's she like oh yeah it's something we came up with she's like room. i know yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> um but i love how he like snapped back out and he's like yeah no it's just something that we do and you're like oh i don't know if i like that because it scared me but i respect it uh, definitely you know? scared me too <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not really something you were gonna expect after watching 10 well 12 episodes of Ted Lasso and then seeing him just flip out and I was like I I don't like this it's like when you like meet yes, someone or it would definitely super be nice Ugh. the equivalent of Ned Flanders just going on a murder spree uh yeah yeah um or it's like yeah that one teacher in school who's just super nice and then everyone in the class acts up and they just snap and you're like okay all you're right kind of scaring me right She's now She's kind of a mean person or he <laughs> yeah you're like uh okay okay then but I, I did like how it was like a, a thing that they were doing you know he wasn't just like stressed about jamie coming back and everything it was just you know a little coaching tactic that they wanted to come up with um but i'm not i, I don't know what's going to happen with this like side story of rebecca and the child i don't know either I, f- I felt like that was kind of forced like they're just really pumping it with her. Was it her godchild or her niece? Yeah, I think goddaughter? something is gonna. Yeah, something is definitely gonna like build up with Something's that whole storyline. Yeah, yeah, 100%. for sure. And like I know that Roy Kent and Keeley's relationship is definitely gonna blossom, and I feel like at the end of the season, he's gonna finally smile. I <laughs> you know loved. What I mean? And it made me laugh so hard, and it should not have, because it was not funny at all. But when Jamie goes into Keeley's office at the end of the episode, and he's like, oh, I just want to talk a little bit, Keeley. And then mm-hmm. you just see Roy's fat head on the wall, just staring blankly. <laughs> <laughs> I was yep. like, this son of a bitch is watching, even though he's not there. <laughs> yep, always. Always watching Roy Kent. Um I, lo- I love his character. Oh, me too. How he's just like, he's just so stern and tell- t- tells it like it is. Him and on the, the Fox TV broadcast is gold. Oh, yeah. He, he says like two sentences and they're like, language, please stop. <laughs> I love when the one coach was like, all right, so tell me how you really feel. And he's like, all right, you're a shit manager. He's like, oh, he's no, like, not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, you, you did ask for it. Like, well, like, yes, okay. yes, you did. God, um, God, could you but, imagine yeah, if, like, 
they could have that kind of language on national television. Oh my god. You know what, to be honest, I think I'd watch the news a little bit more. I I know, and I would I feel like I could text you and you'd flop onto ESPN and they'd be like, "Oh, I, I don't even know what to say cuz it would just be so dumbfounding." Oh yeah. <laughs> like if if you were like, "Hey, go on ESPN right now." Like Sports Center is constantly on a loop. Just like wait until this segment, and they're just like the Nationals play like fucking shit, and I was like, "Whoa, maybe I gotta maybe I gotta watch something and see how they play like fucking shit." Just imagine Joe Buck calling a Monday Night Football game in front of eighty million viewers, and he's like, "Oh, and Tom Brady just fucking sucked again. He just threw that one right into the fucking dirt." Mm-hmm. That would be I, yeah the bee's knees right there. <laughs> That that would be the bee's knees. Um, do you have any like hopes for what you want to happen the rest of the season? Obviously, I would like them to get the opposite of relegated, which I'm assuming would be promoted. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see that happening since they've they've you know, what eight draws in a row and then one loss. Yes, I mean there's only like I don't know fifteen twenty games in a soccer season. So yeah, and they're the close <laughs> to losing Dubai Air. Well, they are going to lose Dubai Air. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. But you know, I also like the the end of the episode where they go in to play the game and they all black out yes. Dubai Air on their shirts. I will say, kudos. I know he's a fictional character, but kudos to Sam because I would not have the heart to do that. Like, even if I hated that company, I would still just be the face of the franchise. I'd be like, you know what? I'm getting paid a shitload of money. I'm just going to shut up and take all them paychecks. <laughs> yeah, but his family is out there and like they're suffering with this, the uh, the oil and everything like that. So I understand where he's coming from. Oh, no, um, I do I do too. But I yeah, personally, yeah. I would just be like, oh, well, I'm getting paid a lot. So also, <laughs> also like his that press that he's getting because of that. It's going to open the floodgates to sponsors that are like, hey, we're actually better than Dubai Air, and we would love to have you. That's what I was like, wondering. Has, I was wondering face. Yeah. who is going to be their next sponsor that swoops in. Is it going to be Nike? Maybe, I don't know, Chevron? <laughs> Chevron? <laughs> Chevy? Maybe they'll be like yeah, Manchester they- <laughs> United. Have you ever seen the Manchester United jerseys? They are a giant no. Chevy logo right across the chest. Yeah. And or maybe it. like, what is that? What is that gas Tecron by Chevron? They have that like plastered on their chest. Uh, sure. Moving forward, I think that's I think that's what it's called. No one ever gets it. Everyone goes twenty regular, and that's what they get. Oh, the thing. that's right. You live in a state where you don't pump your own gas. <laughs> I lived in a state where I pumped my own gas. Yeah, well, now you reside horrifying. in a <laughs> state pumper gas. Wait, oh yeah. Wait. yeah. Gas pumper state. <laughs> state pump state pumper gas. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, we'll title go, we'll the episode, State Pumper Gas. State Pumper Gas. I'll I'll write it down. <laughs> That's gonna be the title of the episode. Um But yeah, so Ted Ted Lasso season two, like I also hope that they at least get one win. And I hope that you know, towards the end of the season I like to think they're gonna get at least two wins. <sighs> I yeah, very, highly, yeah. very highly doubt they get promoted back up to the Premier League this season. I think they're going to span that off for next season. It's definitely going to be a last episode thing. Uh, yes. I think last episode, they're going to be like, all right, we did it. And then season three is going to happen. I think the last episode is going to be them fighting off relegation to go down another level. And then season three would be, all right, let's get back up to the Premier League. So we want to play Chelsea and Man U and West Ham. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, where I, that's, where, that's where I differ. I don't think they're going to go down. I think season three is going to be their journey towards playing Chelsea and getting li- back. That, that is literally what I just said. Well, you said they were going to go down in no, season three. No, no, no. I think the finale of this one is going to be them facing relegation, which is where they go down. Oh, and then they win oh. that match. Gotcha, gotcha. And I guarantee okay, yeah. T, Jamie Flippin' Tot is going to make the last <laughs> second pass to Sam. And oh. or, um, I can't think of his name, the other guy, long hair, football is life. Danny? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be Jamie and Sam. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And Jamie's got to sacrifice 
the winning kick and give it to Sam. Exactly. He's going to remember. There's going to be a flashback of that little freaking uh, Green Army soldier toy. And he's going oh, he's gonna to be like in his pocket or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna oh, be beautiful. I, I think I think we're calling it. I think it's I think it's gonna be that. I'm and going it, to it's cry. gonna be so great. You're going to cry. <laughs> Apple Plus is going to demolish itself. But yeah. I know that you are a huge proponent, and you've said this before, of when a team comes together and yes. they surround yeah, 100%. one certain uh one certain goal. How mm-hmm. emotional and how wet were your eyes when the whole team got together? And Sam starts taping Dubai across his chest, and then two other guys from uh, Nigeria do it, and then Jamie does it, and then the whole I, flipping team does it. I I I love that sentiment, but one I think where single my where tear my, fell down my cheek. <laughs> I think I think where my eyes, you know, were starting to get watered was the end of the episode after they come back and. After he does the Sam does the press conference and he walks back and they're all celebrating and he's like, "What do you mean we lost?" He's like, "Yeah, but we broke the tie streak." <laughs> and they're all having a beer. In that scenario <laughs> where it's like, "Oh, we didn't win, yeah. but we didn't tie." <laughs> hey, but I mean, like, it did break the streak. But they were all like having a beer together, and Jamie said a joke and got a laugh, and I was like, "Okay, it oh, looks like everyone's like yes. kind of back on track right now." I thought that was pretty funny because throughout the episode, there's several one-liners that he tried to land, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" Like, it's just silence. Yeah, and then he no, just one, goes, no, oh, no respect. He, Sam did something monumental. He stole me thunder, and it yep. just lit the room ablaze. Yeah, and then they all took the photo. It was, it, that was a, a great little send off to the end of the episode. It really Absolutely was. loved it. It was a phenomenal episode. Yes. You know um, what, Ted Lasso writers, fucking keep it up. Oh, they're. I mean, obviously they're done writing the the season, but well, no, I mean, season... obviously they're going to write season three. Like, there's no way in hell that doesn't get picked up for season three. Oh, if it has, if it hasn't yet, I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, but maybe it's most likely gonna. Ted Lasso dies in the finale of this one, and they don't pick <laughs> it up for season three. That's the only thing I can see happening. He turns into Led Tasso and just goes on a killing spree. <laughs> Uh, yes, here we are. Ted last or last <laughs> Led Tasso just <laughs> murdered seventeen children. And guess what? He turns into Led Tasso. This is the end. He turns into Led Tasso. He goes on a murdering spree. He gets put in jail, and he meets Idris Alba's character from Suicide Squad, who's back in jail. Jesus H. Tits. And everything comes full circle. And everything comes full circle. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Suicide Squad uh, came out today. We're going to be discussing it on uh, the next episode. But phenomenal movie, phenomenal movie. But this week we are going to talk about something little, little terrifying, little, little terrifying, slightly controversial, big old oh, cash slightly grab. controversial, <laughs> very controversial. A big this old is... cash grab that backfired tremendously. Not as bad oh, as the Firefly Festival, but still tremendously. Oh my God. It so we're diving into the documentary on Cracking HBO Max. Sorry. Oh yeah, the there you go. Um, the documentary on HBO Max, Woodstock '99. Peace, love, and rage. Which great title because when you're watching this documentary, that's all you're you're seeing. You're seeing people come together. You're seeing people rage. You're seeing fires. It's it really is. It's crazy. Like the perfect title to sum up that entire scenario because everyone knows Woodstock is like, oh, peace, love. We want to love each other, and everyone's doing this and that. Everyone's gonna hug. But then in '99, it was just filled with rage. It's almost the exact opposite of '69. Yes. You know, like, like they they thought that oh, you know what? We had '69. It was great. Peace, love. Everyone smoked and just relaxed and had music play and whatever. And they thought 1999 was gonna be the same thing with a new generation. I mean. Yet, I- it the new generation been. is so angry. Well, yeah, the generation is angry. But, I mean, it could have been the same thing if they would have had, like, I don't know, uh, softer music playing. Like, uh, James Blunt, John Mayer. Uh, well, it's 1999. <laughs> well, they, they did try. I mean, Counting Crows doesn't go hard. Dave Matthews doesn't go hard. Alanis Morissette, Cheryl Crow, they don't go hard. 
But uh, no, they definitely do they, not. They did mix them with corn and Rage Against the Machine and Limp Biscuit. That's the issue. Huge, huge problem. And like obviously nothing, absolutely nothing against people that listen to Corn and Rage Against the Machine no, and all that. I love both of those bands. I love them dearly. Yeah. But no, it's I, the thing I've seen where both of them and they put on a hell of a performance. Yeah. It's the fact that when you have let's say a thousand people or two thousand people in the stands and you're playing and, and there's like five people that are getting really rowdy, like you know, people are going to handle it. Yeah, it's a lot but, easier to control a circle pit when the total venue holds 10,000 and there's 86 people throwing hands in a circle pit. Yeah, and then the security can come and go, okay, calm it down, guys. But, yeah, but when, when you have 250,000 people... Uh, well, that is a <laughs> lot of people. Then you have that, you know, I don't want to do math here, but the percentage, cross-multiply, and software X. But By they transitive have... property, everyone was aggressive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And you have so many different areas that weren't being covered by security that when these bands were performing and then yelling to the fans saying, you know what? Destroy stuff. If you're sad, let it loose. Scream. And then you're like looking around as a security and you're like, okay, how about we don't do this? Because people are literally, <laughs> people are literally doing what we just told them to do. Yeah. But we can't control it. Yeah, and I that is like, like the overall theme. I almost feel like in these situations, like, I mean, granted, they're performers and they're just doing their thing, but they have to know in the back of their head, like, the people that we're playing for are amped up and they are excited and they're drunk and high and they are just ready to Mm -hmm. go. And whatever I say, they're probably going to do. So I feel like they should know in the back of their mind, like, all right, let's just kind of pump the brakes a little bit here. Let's just calm it down. But this is way later. What we're talking about is mm-hmm. way later into the dock and way later into the weekend. Yep. So I think we should probably mm-hmm. kick it back to the beginning to where everyone originally got pissed off at the world over this concert. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it pretty much started so, right out of the freaking gates. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to dive into like some of the acts or are you diving into... Oh, I mean the, the overall uh, venue... The, the oh, pricing, like the base that it was on. Base, oh, yeah. Okay. It was, I mean, granted, first of all, when you go, I'm sure you've all been to one of these festivals. It is a royal bitch to get in there. You're sitting oh, in traffic. Oh, my God. For, I mean, all the festivals we've been to, we're sitting, they're not 250,000, but there's like, I don't know, 80. Oh, by, I, by the way, um, I'm looking at the number, and over the course of the four days, it was 400,000 people. Sweet. Almost half a million baby. people. Jesus. Now again, can you imagine all this rage and four hundred thousand people? But we'll get we'll and get into that. But ninety nine yeah. plus degree temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> oh it was it was like almost hundred and five plus. And yeah, well, like ugh. Ugh. This when when you that when is, you look at that the, is a uh, precursor for a concert going wrong right there. Like you need to schedule mm-hmm. all these big concerts and festivals. Just fucking do them in the fall. Just put them bitches in October, November, December. It's just put them in Alaska. I don't care. Figure it out. People will be much right. happier if they're raging on a four-day bender in sixty-two degree weather. Like it's just a simple, because simple math. If it was if it was sixty-two degrees, even f- you know fifty-five to sixty, whatever. If all those people came together and are sitting on uh, you know in this venue or this outside place and there's a lot of people it's gonna feel warm but not oh, yeah like 100 degrees and then when you're surrounded by all these sweaty people then it feels like 120 degrees oh my god that is the worst feeling about concerts when you're just trying to listen to music mm-hmm. and then you got 200 and i don't know 400 bodies just on you needing you wanting you taking you sweating on you not not by you. <laughs> they are on top yeah, of on you. You're shoulder to shoulder. Literally it's... sardines in a can. <laughs> um but yeah, the uh, like the heat that was just pouring on this place was unbearable and these people that set up the festival obviously by the looks of it were not prepared. No, definitely. I mean, they were prepared in the scheme of really Oh, there's oh. like 15,000 people were going to come. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no. Uh, they were prepared in the sense of like, all right, we have a location, and it is isolated because it is in bum fuck nowhere, New York. 
It is yeah, Rome, New York. That's where it yes, was. Yes, the north northeast of Syracuse. So they had yes. that going for them. They had the base. They thought they had you know uh, a, a wall set up to keep out people from just blowing through the walls without paying for tickets and all that shenanigans. They had infrastructure. They had some buildings that people can go into, which turned into rave buildings in the middle of the night, which oh. bad idea. Yeah, horrible. On a weekend festival, people need to go to sleep. Not drop Molly yeah. in ecstasy and listen to Moby until 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was non-stop. And if you put yourself through that, if you're going to this concert in 105 degree weather, you're not drinking water, you're barely eating. And no then you take, you take drugs and then you stay up till 7 a.m. listening to... You know, electronic music in the dark with lights and you're dancing again. And then the next day you're going to do it all over without going to sleep. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, if I was in that situation, that's what I would do. And I'm sure oh my God, you I would do the same. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I would do the same, but without, like, if it was like one day and then oh, the next two days I yeah, just I slept would not, and like did nothing. I would not do a three day plus festival <laughs> i would do no. a one day get there friday at like noon mm-hmm. get buck wild and crazy until i don't know saturday afternoon and then sunday morning i am hungover i got face tattoos and i'm going home <laughs> yeah like at, like you stay up all night on friday and then into saturday and then at like nine o'clock on saturday you're like cool i'm gonna pass out right now and then leave sunday at like noon yeah, yeah but these people were not doing that oh no it they was were just going horrifying. hard so, in the they were like uh, freaking uh shaquille o'neal in the fourth quarter of the finals going hard in the paint there was no stopping them okay no stopping no, but again no. not their fault that's what they're there to do but yeah there was just too many people yeah and when if you if you look at the lineup that they had, oh, they it had was, a hell of a lineup. It was I, it was a great lineup, but it was also kind of all over the place. It really which was. is a little weird. I tell you what, I would buy this ticket today if this lineup was out. I mean, they had James Brown, Bush, Buck Cherry, uh, uh, Everlast, Fat Boy Slim, Godsmack, Ice Cube, Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit, Corn, Dave Matthews Band, Rage Against the Machine, Spitfire, Wyclef yeah. Jean. Alanis Morissette, mm-hmm. Jewel, one of my favorite 90s songs of all time. <laughs> How yep. but, but, but the thing is, is that they had them all kind of mixed in together. And yes. they put back to back, like Rage Against the Machine, Limp Bizkit, and Metallica, kind of all back to back. Well, I, I don't know if they were actually back to back. I don't remember that pr- exactly i i I think rage and metallica both played back to back because metallica played at night jesus that's a recipe for disaster but also when metallica played at night there were like barely any lights out in the uh in the sea of people so these security guards who whoever was left in security because they were just kind of like tossing in the towel and leaving or joining And and again i mean if i was hired to do that job and I'm 18. I'm gonna do the same thing. And that's like, the problem. That's I know. why well, you like, wouldn't do the same thing. Come on now. No, no. I'm not saying that I wouldn't <laughs> do the same thing. I'm saying that like you get 400,000 sweaty hot people with no water at this concert, and then you're expecting the 18 year olds who like this music to control them. It's not gonna happen. No, it's not in a million years. N- not in a billion years. Yeah, like it's gonna be total like control over. The venue, and that's you know, what it leads you know what to towards like the to end of the documentary. I would like to know how many people that that fat little bald guy hired for security. You know what I mean? Like, what was the total yeah. number? Just a curiosity thing. And for those of you who don't know, the fat little bald guy is the one of the main characters in this documentary, who makes himself look like a giant dick face. Oh, I absolutely hated this guy he had no sense of heart towards any victims of abuse that went on violence people that were going to the hospital he was like oh i don't really care 
like at all because these people knew what they were getting some, themselves into. Very smug. They even showed footage during the actual Woodstock, and they had reporters saying like, "Hey." People are pissed off. People are angry. There's no water. Well, the water's really expensive. There's no shade. The toilets aren't working. There's no fresh water that was supposed to be provided. And he's like, oh, well, we're doing our best. And another person was like, oh, there's so much trash out there. And he's like, well, if you can do better, come on up here. And it's yeah. like, whoa. Which whoa. means that they didn't hire enough people. Uh, no. That's, again, why I want to know, like, how many security guards did they hire? Was it, like, 86? <laughs> Like, right, right here like, we go. We got eighty-six they, security guards. Here's a ham sandwich. Go crazy. When they showed the footage and they showed the guys in the yellow shirts, it was like peace patrol. I kept seeing like yes. the same guy over and over. So it yeah, was this is probably same, like it was fifty like the people. Same three guys. <laughs> yeah, it was like fifty people, and then they all like took their shirts off and like put on whatever else they brought, and then went to go into the uh, the concerts. But no one stopped them. No, no one noticed. Like, oh, we're missing security at this gate. It just wasn't there, which is, which is you know also kind of horrifying because you're having this concert and we'll get into some of the violence and crazy stuff that happened. But you're just like, hey, is is anyone gonna you know stop this? Because the the bands aren't. The bands are kind of egging them on at this point. They really did. Not gonna lie to you. Um, oh God, I wish I could remember the name of that guy. I'm trying to look him up. Who real are you quick. talking about? The, the, uh, the guy who the little bald guy oh there was know, the, yeah. the two basically the two guys who orchestrated everything uh flowy long hair he seemed like a well, general, he, he was like the original creator right yes he was the original Woodstock. he was there for 69 he was one of the original creators yes but there was the um the new bald guy who the, i'm assuming was a friend or he was a good business guy and they just put him in charge and mm-hmm. he just looked like a dick face. Yeah. He, capital D, capital F. Yeah. Yep. It was. It was. It was. Oh God! I I absolutely hated him. Every time he came on the screen, I'm like, and he. They also got him to interview for this documentary, and he literally didn't take back. Like he wasn't. Like, oh my God, that was such a hard time. I'm sorry. Like we were handling it differently. He was like, yeah, we're doing the best we can. Like, oh really? You piece of shit. You're still on that train. Michael Lang is the long, flowy-haired gentleman who came across as a good human during this documentary. Uh, yeah. In, not the bald in the guy. original, yeah, not the bald guy. In the original Woodstock '69, it seemed like he had a firm grasp of what he wanted. He did, and he got what he wanted because it was like literally just people on drugs laying down, listening to music. It and was. He was just it looked so peaceful around and fun. on his motorcycle. <laughs> Yeah, but that mindset that he had in the 60s and then try to bring that into the 90s, Just he should have changed that. He should have changed it like 100%. It, it wasn't going to work. After Nirvana and all that came out and like brought in a new generation and genre, yeah, Woodstock is not going to work. You got to come up with something else and make no, it smaller. But I mean, it would work if you had very different artists. Well, yeah, no, no. We know that today yeah. it works because you see Firefly, we see Coachella. It works. But yeah. in 1999, when you have 400,000 people, no security, you know, it's what? 105 degrees out, no water. I redact it's... my statement. That will never work. <laughs> that <laughs> many people, saying. like that temperature, it's, and especially when beer is the same price as water, what is the average 20 year old going to do? Give me oh, a Bud yeah. Light. I don't want water. Mm-hmm. No, no. And w- the fact that when people walked into the, um, the concert, the festival, security was taking their water bottles. But like, if they handed them a fifty, they would keep their drugs. Uh, yes. And you're like, what are you doing? Also, I can understand. I fully understand food. Like, if you want to, you know, if I'm bringing in a cheesesteak and you say no, don't bring in a cheesesteak. I get that because you know they got to make money. But water is a basic human necessity <laughs> to avoid insanely drunk people. Like it's right. Just, if, I, it's, if I bring in a gallon of water and it's just like on me all the time, like let them have it because yeah. these people need water. It's simple let math. Let them pay for the food. When you have a lot of people and you have a lot of drunk people, the people that have sprinkled in some water throughout the day usually are not that hard to control. 
But the people yep. who have not had any water throughout the day, well, that's a whole yep. other story. Which was 90% of this concert. And um, those are all the, lead tassos. <laughs> yes. The, Tie it all um, back together. The water like area that they had, people were like taking showers in it and washing the, their ass. And yes, just, just to clarify for anyone who didn't watch the doc, they had legitimate watering holes set up for everyone. Like you can... You were supposed to be able to fill up a canteen or a cup of water, and people abused it and uh, started basically taking dumps in the watering hole. Yeah, and people were waiting in line. Their lines were so long that there was a pipe that was channeling in the water, and someone burst the pipe to get water and to cool themselves down, and then that water flooded all the tents... It flooded all the porter potties, and it this is probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Everything, <laughs> like the porter potties that that were lined up, it flooded the porter potties, and all of it seeped out. And so many people thought it was mud and started to roll around in it and throw I was it and have fun so hard oh, during this. My God, my because my wife was watching, and she was like, "I can't." I can't see this. And it's on people's faces. They're smiling, thinking it's mud. I'm like, you don't smell the amount of feces that, like, is, you know, smoking up in fumes I have that you're rolling ne- around in? <laughs> I've never oh thought of God. it, but I have been at concert festivals, and there's always flooding. And there have been a couple where there's flooding and mud right next to the porta potties, and it's just like, is that poop? Yeah, you're like, I'm not going to go buy that. I'm not going to go buy that. And I've never never thought about it until this documentary where I was like, oh, my God, all those venues I've been at and all those festivals, Mm -hmm. it was poop. It was probably poop. Yeah. Oh, my God. And these these people were covering themselves, maybe to try to cool down, but they were covering themselves, laying in it, and then they would go and enjoy the concert. Can you imagine watching, you know, Jewel perform, but someone right next to you is literally covered in the big old shit you took at noon? Uh, like it's, it's not a I oh I, I I don't even want to think about it. It's been a dream of mine to see the Chili Peppers perform live, and I don't want the guy next to me covered in eighteen pounds of poop. Okay, uh, I would have so. been so mad to see the Chili Peppers at this festival because of all the shit that was going on. I would have been so uh, mad. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they definitely encouraged a little bit of shenanigans towards Trail End. Oh yeah, the, that, that, I think that's why I would be mad because you're just kind of like wondering, am I going to die tonight? And you're like looking <laughs> around. You're like, I think I'm going to die tonight. How do I get back to my car? Oh, I can't. Okay, I'm thirsty. I'm um, going to die tonight. I would hate it. Uh, yes, definitely. And for those of you who haven't watched, I said shenanigans incurred by the Chili Peppers because the mayor stepped in and asked Anthony Kiedis to calm the crowds. And how do I put this? How do I put this, Howard? He <laughs> he politely told the mayor to go fuck himself. Yes. And he yeah. went out there and basically played uh, what is it? Fire by Jimi Hendrix. Light my fire. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and as fires were burning. Uh, but okay, so let's let's dive into why the fires were burning. So, as we're talking about this documentary, we're talking about shit. We're talking about people getting hyperthermia because of the ex, uh, the excessive heat. Um, but it, this was 1999, and a week before this uh, was Columbine, which is like a hor- horrifying, horrific um, school shooting. And there was a booth here at the festival that was like, "Hey, we're gonna give out candles to everyone." And we're going to have a candlelight um, in honor of the students that died. Great and thought. Great thought process. Great, th- but maybe <laughs> great thought on paper. Horrible great execution. On paper. Um, they gave everyone candles. And when the Chili Peppers were performing and they started playing um, that song by Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I forget what the, uh, the name of the song is. I, I think it's just fire. Um, but as they were doing that, everyone started lighting their candles and then proceeded to light everything on fire in little small batches around the venue, which just kind of was horrifying. It is called just fire, but um, just a slight correction. The fires were already burning before that point. 
Oh yeah, yeah, but, but I meant like at around that time. Yes, yes. That's, I th- I'm pretty sure that's why they sang that song because they saw the fires. Oh no, they definitely did because that's when yeah. the mayor went out there and was like, "Hey, Anthony, I need you to fucking pump the brakes here, Broski. I need you to calm these four hundred thousand people down." <laughs> and he's like, "I got you, bud. I'll calm them down." And he goes out there and plays "Fire" by Jim Hendrix. Oh and well, my god. In the, in theory, you know what? If I was there and I was a spectator, it would have been fucking awesome. But I think it thirty been years awesome. later, uh, probably not so awesome. I think it would have been awesome, like to an extent, if I was like watching from afar and I'm like, "Oh God, the Chili Peppers performing and people are lighting fires." Yes, this is crazy. Exactly. And then you keep watching it. But if I was standing next to the these fire? people that are like, like <laughs> right, these people are just like, "Hey, let's light this uh, booth on fire," and then they go do it. I'm like, "Oh fuck, I am screwed. I'm running." <laughs> I'm trying to get like, out of it. I'm because... just going to get the <laughs> fuck out of Dodge. Uh, yeah. And that was the last day, which was like this crazy send off to this horrific festival was just lighting a bunch of fires and the Chili Peppers perform. Yes. And, but I feel oh like God. the real aggression started, I don't know if it was that night or the night prior, but it all really... It was, it was that night. The doc uh, depicted it was with Limp Bizkit. Uh, you know, actually, might have even been with Kid Rock. It was... So, yeah, Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit definitely kicked it off. Kid um, Kid Rock got really political in his performance. <laughs> I loved how <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to get political. But Monica Lewinsky was a hoe bag. <laughs> and then immediately like, right, got well, political. And then got, got it. Eight fractions of a second later, you got political. Yep, yep and got everyone on edge. And then I think Limb Biscuit, when Fred Durst performed, he was really telling the crowd, like, hey, I want you to get your anger out. I want you to yes, when go they off. Were play- oh, my goodness. It, uh, it took flight yeah. when they were playing. Yeah, I think he was definitely, like, that big step like obviously like shit was going down before that but when he performed it was that big stepping stone to the crowd just go you know what like this is this is gonna happen we're gonna make it happen i'm angry and we need to do something i think it was Um, that performance that kicked it off they were when they were performing and then they played break stuff and that little interlude oh it's called break stuff i mean it literally (laughs) is called break stuff (laughs) His little interlude about like, are you pissed off at the world? Are you hot? Are you upset? Four hundred thousand people. Yeah, and then, and like then that would have been would, a when he quick was like, when this song kicks off, make some fucking noise. Well, they made some noise, and they just started <sighs> tearing down towers with sound and video equipment and cameras. And again, imagine- if you're there and watching from afar and, you know, you've got a couple cocktails in you, you are probably like, oh, my God, this is awesome. But then you look yeah, back because you're not really thinking about, like, the venue, everyone around yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You're thinking about the moment. You're not thinking about the people. You're not thinking about mm-hmm. the, the schmoes that got to go in and clean the next day or the fire. Crew oh, my the- God. I'll tell you what. You cannot pay me enough to clean that place up afterwards. No, nope. I think uh, no. If you were like, I'll give you five hundred million dollars. I'd be uh, like, uh, let me think. Let me uh, think about it. I, you know what? I would. Uh, I, I'd do that. But By yourself. Five hundred thousand? Uh, no, no, thank you. No, no. It's got to be m- more than a couple million. Um, but can you imagine being like the people, like even like security or anyone who's running the show on the side of the stage, where Fred Durst was like, "All right, when this song goes off." Oh my I God. want you to like just go off, and then they're just like looking at each other, like, "Oh dear Lord, we <laughs> you know we've lost control." <laughs> exactly. Someone in his crew had to have been like, "Oh my, oh my goodness, here we go. Here's a lawsuit." Right. <laughs> like the drummer is just like not playing the uh, the drummer, the like, drum beat. He's like, he's like, "I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I don't want to like, do it." And the bassist is like, Fred, I don't know about this, bub. I, 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 all right. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. Fuck it. My paycheck. Uh, and then people are standing on plywood and throwing their bodies. Yeah, that was, I was like, could you what? imagine, you know, if I'm Fred Durst or if I'm any musician and I, you know, I, I play music that's a little harder and he's got a nice little, little uh, breakdown and I'm telling people mm-hmm. to destroy stuff. 
and then they actually destroy stuff and they're floating on it like they're crowd surfing on it yep i feel like at that point the uh human in me would be like all right let's shut it down let's shut it down <laughs> right at least be like if you see that in the crowd just be like cool like oh that is like really cool but let's go ahead and get off that because i don't want someone to die while i perform like they're listening to you to break stuff i think they were listening to you to be like okay cool yeah no i'll get off but he was like that's awesome keep doing what you're doing i'm gonna start playing nookie and you're like oh <laughs> okay um we've we've lost limbiscuit we've lost this festival. once he said chocolate starfish <laughs> they were all just gone there was no turning back <laughs> oh my god yeah but limbiscuit performing that was definitely a like a stepping stone in this documentary, which it was a long documentary. And that was kind of like in the middle. That was, and, I, I thought that was kind of weird that that was, there was definitely a lot of meat after that performance in the documentary. In my opinion, I enjoyed the documentary, but it was just a hair too long. I, okay. I, I, I did think it was long for a documentary, but yes. because I was going into it without like knowing anything about Woodstock 99, I was very happy that they kind of covered everything. Even like the fact that Alandis Morissette was performing and everyone was saying, show me your tits. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, like because That's she was a, a big name. Show her some respect. Show all like, the ladies some respect. Like in 1999, she was a huge name. This is why she's performing there. And then yeah. she just gets degraded by this chanting. And then you're like, are you kidding me? Like these people really just don't give a shit. They just you want to hear the bands they came to hear and then trash and just it, destroy Exactly. Everything. They're like, I just want to hear the five bands that I want. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to a concert and thinking like, oh, I just want to rage to fucking uh, yeah. the, uh, fucking corn uh, and uh, Rage Against the Machine and yeah, Chili but don't go see don't go see Alanis and Jewel if and you don't Boomer. want to see them. Yeah, just don't go. It's simple as that. Like, I don't like certain artists like i'm not a huge fan of imagine dragons but i'm not going to spend 180 dollars go to their show and be like boo you know what i mean like it's just, <laughs> i'm like i'm not yes. gonna do it i'm just but not I, gonna go see i mean before. i guess if you paid for those tickets you kind of felt entitled to because it was 99 you paid 200 bucks just to walk through the gate well there's so many other artists that were performing oh, that well you could I mean, have seen anyone well, yeah but they only had two stages for but do you also think 55 that acre venue do you also think that Elena, Cheryl Crow, and Jewel were going to show their boobs? Like, it, it wasn't going to happen. It was all these crazy people on the stands. Yeah, uh, no. And I say stands. Um, it was a flat ground. Definitely not. But, yeah. Have, but, have they showed those bosoms at some point? Probably. To that crowd? No. <laughs> Don't get into that. But No, <laughs> um, no I love all was, of them equally, but differently. Uh, um, yeah, I, I do respect their, you know, Do you know music, what I actually enjoyed about this documentary and this is slightly not connected and or anyway um so my sister's ex-fiance for the longest time he was always telling me about when he was at woodstock 99 and mm -hmm. he was saying basically everything that happened in this documentary and i never believed him i was like yeah okay that's cool yeah you were tearing <laughs> down towers yeah okay whatever yeah Bob. sure 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 and you yeah. were sleeping on pizza boxes and you were pissed off that water was more or the same price as beer and he would tell me this like at least once a week well maybe like once a month you know just talking casual talk and now that i see that it's like oh my god he was not lying it's it kind of cool a shit show it yeah. was a shit show. That was his exact terms. And I was like, oh my goodness. It is a, a. very, it's a very interesting, crazy shit show of a concert that I never want to be part of, but it happened. Yeah. And well, we I don't got think these are ever going to happen again. Well, <laughs> obviously we, we're learning from that mistake because of all the craziness and the violence and the sexual abuse that happened at this concert. Har it was horrifying to to have that you know and yes you can't do that not oh my god it, i i hated every second of that one that happened and i'm happy that people were arrested um that people got to you know go to court and and take care of that but when these artists like 
push these people to that limit. I'm like, you guys have to take some responsibility and understand your fan base I and know. not and push like, them. Yeah, and, and I almost feel like like earlier I said they should like know when to, to pump it back and calm it down. But on the other hand, when you're a rock star and you're on stage and you're just fucking going and everything's just, you're just balls to the wall, just performing, like the adrenaline's got to be kicking, you're playing in front of that many people. Yeah. It's definitely a double-sided coin. Like on one hand, you're like, Yo, fucking calm it down. But on the other hand, you're like, how do I calm it down? Because this yeah, is going yeah, down. Yeah, you're expecting the security and someone to like really step in here and calm it down. And I think I'm more mad. And it sucks because I love the Chili Peppers, but I'm kind of mad at them yeah. because they saw this whole festival going on. It definitely, and then they were the last act and they just really didn't care. Obviously, I'm still going to love them and I love their music, but it definitely, I mean, it was definitely shines a light of to like where they were at that stage and it's kind of eye-opening mm-hmm. like all right maybe they're not role models maybe my daughter shouldn't <laughs> be singing all their songs uh yeah because and you she un- loves their fucking music uh yeah and and you kind of understand like where john frushanti was when he left the band that, obviously he came back but they're probably better now yes but well, there was like, probably a lot of drugs and there was also a lot of flash pen or flea penis in this uh, documentary. Oh yeah, I, not, knew they I was not ready for. I knew they performed naked, but I, I, yeah, that was also kind of weird to. It came out of nowhere. He have. was just dome yeah. to dome to dome on the bass, <laughs> and then whipped it up over his head, and I was like, "There's a penis! There's oh, a penis! Uh, this is a yeah. documentary, and there's a penis." Uh, <laughs> yeah, this this whole this whole festival was. I I never want to be part of a festival like this. I mean, I, sure, I'll go to like Coachella or I'll go to Firefly, something that's like it's planned. They have security, they have water, they can let you bring in water. Yes, but huge benefit for but this I'm, when I have people covered in shit and well, people like sleeping under trucks to keep cool in a I'm lot sure on concrete. It's Ugh. probably not to this extreme, but I'm sure stuff like this happens at every festival. Oh, yeah, but it's not going to be... No one's going to burn shit down. Tell you that right now. No, no, no one's getting lighters or candles. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. But also, there's not going to be another festival that's 400,000 people that are just loose. You know, out and about. Like, oh, go ahead and Uh, do your thing. It's not going to happen. Well, I mean, it, it was four hundred thousand collectively. I think. I think that one day was two fifty. But even two fifty k, that I don't know if that's going to happen anytime yeah. soon. Like that is a no. lot of people. No, and also like in this day and age, like they're not as angry as they were in nineteen ninety nine with the rise of like. Corn and Rage Against the Machine and the death of like Kurt Cobain and the grunge and all that music it's it's not as angry as it is now like you're not going to go to an Ariana concert it, even if it's like 100,000 people and see people like burn stuff and go crazy it's just not going to happen no definitely definitely not but there are there are festivals with heavier music and they oh yeah there, there's work, like a well, the, like, uh, yeah what's yeah, it not yeah. fest where Slipknot has their fest and it's always like Slipknot and uh, Megadeth and Slayer and a couple other more yeah but I'm, I'm talking about bands. like I'm talking about people in t- in today in 2021 oh, aren't yes, as angry and they can understand like if so like if they're like performing and they look into the crowd and someone is like on the floor I'm sure everyone's gonna come together and be like guys we need to get and out of here versus trampling over him. If they don't come together, I guarantee you the band will like whoa 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 whoa, whoa and stop playing. Oh, one hundred percent. Like the, if someone if something like that happened in their show, they are done for, and I'm sure they know that. Like they're not going to oh, egg yeah. people on. Like hey, beat each other up and then continue on. They're no, done. They're going to stop playing. Definitely not. There are a lot of times where I will go down the YouTube rabbit hole. After drinking, and I like to do live performances of bands, and there's yes, a tremendous, there's a tremendous amount of bands where like they're playing live, and they'll just like stop and be like, whoa, 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 we got a guy blue shirt, get him up, get him up, get him up, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my god, you guys do care, kind of, yeah, and that's super, <laughs> that's 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 really cool and, and you know respectful of 
their fan base because yeah, if I went to if I went to an uh, a you know to see someone perform and they were like taking note of the people in the audience and like caring for them I'm like man that's that's good because they're not just like performing getting money and then leaving I know it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing yeah so so Woodstock was Woodstock 99 crazy time I uh, I'm not I'm not envious but I'm not like ups, upset I don't, I, don't, I don't know like I cuz I would like to see all these bands not there obviously <laughs> just various locations uh not a, not all at the same time yeah like I would like to see like Rage Against the Machine in their prime like smaller audience way smaller audience I would like to see maybe Insane Clown obviously maybe Fatboy Slim n- n- no Godsmack. I wouldn't want to see no I'm not a fan of <laughs> Of insane clown posse, but of Cherry Bush, I love me some glycerine. But Metallica performed at ACL in Austin, the Austin um, Music Festival, and obviously it's a lot smaller, and people had a great time. Like, sure, I, I would, I would see them, but I don't want to see them with two hundred and fifty people raging. No, two hundred fifty next to me, thousand people, two hundred fifty thousand people raging. I would next see to them with two hundred fifty people raging to me any day of the week. Oh, 250. If I saw like Metallic with 250 people. Hell, that's people, a, that's going into a TJ Maxx right there with 250 people. I was going to go Six Flags. All right. Well, there's a lot more at Six Flags, but I see what you're going for. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, yeah. So w- what would you rate Woodstock 99, the documentary itself, not the um, festival? I would, I'd give it like a 6.2. It was entertaining, but I really hated so many aspects of it. And one of the main aspects was that fucking main guy. He just oh, made the, the guy who put on the show. Yeah, he. Yeah. The the bald fella. He made himself look like a giant bag of D's. Yeah, but I mean, I meant like the like the documentary, not like the the people involved. I thought it was a uh, it was a well made doc. It's pretty long. I give it that a seven. A, okay. Well. Yeah. We're we're in the same ballpark, roughly. Yeah, I give it a seven because it did shed light on how terrifying everything was, so it makes sense. Ed, you know, it definitely did shed some light. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so to wrap up this episode, let's dive into some movie twenty questions. And this week, I have a movie in mind that you are gonna guess. So, um, quick hint. It is music related, so you can go okay. ahead and and uh, all right, music you know, let the related. Start. Uh, yeah, right off ahead. the bat, the title of the movie is called "A Star Is Born." That is false. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, uh, this is challenging. I'm usually on the other side of this thing. Um, is there an Oscar award-winning actor in this movie? An Oscar award-winning actor? Yes. Oh. Uh, mm, mm, I think so. I think so. Let me let me look at the cast. All right. I I I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people in this movie. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, there is. Yes. All right. What decade did this movie come out in? Uh, this is um. I mean, typically we do yes or no questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, did th- I'm sorry. Yeah. Did this movie come out in the '90s? No. Did this movie come out in the 2000s? Yes. Well, wait, wait. What do you mean by 2000s? Up to 2000. 2000 up to 2009. No. So it's after 2009. Yes. Is this movie Whiplash? No. Fuck. Um, <laughs> does this movie revolve around a band? No. All right. Does this movie revolve around a music teacher? No. All right. Does this movie revolve around a YouTube sensation? No. That is... No, no, it doesn't. I'm at 10 questions. Got 13 questions, but... (laughs) Okay. Um, So you said there's an Oscar award winner... Is there is the main character a man? Um, there are a few main characters, but the main main is not a man. Okay. Is this a high school musical movie? No, that's fifteen questions. All right. 
is this movie, if this movie were to be on a, t- Guinness, that's not an ace or no. Um, is this movie rated PG-13? Yes. Fuck. All right. Um, yeah, this is much harder on this end. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, this is a movie about music. Came out. It's not about. In, it's not about music. It's a musical. Is this movie Cats? It is Cats. <laughs> with <laughs> seventeen <laughs> questions. Seventeen <laughs> questions. Tay Tay Swizzle. Very good. Nice. As soon as you said a musical, nice going. all I could think of is your your wife's love and admiration of Tay-Tay. What musical is Tay-Tay in? <laughs> Cats. <laughs> By the transitive property, I'm a genius. Uh, yeah, so the, the Oscar winner was Judy Dench. She's in I'm going to be honest, I don't know who that is. Uh, she's in a lot of the Bond films. Oh, okay. That narrows it down. She's she's um, I forget. Is she octopusy? Uh, no, <laughs> no, she's not. Not um, octopusy. Got it. Not octopusy. Um, I'm trying to find what her name is. She's M. Oh, she's M. That's what it is. M. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Seventeen questions. You got it. Uh, Hashtag yeah, so. nailed it. <laughs> Where to go? Um. All right, so, yeah, where can people find us on the Twitter sphere? Ladies and gentlemen, we are on the Twitter machine at Reviews and Booze. We have a whopping 45 followers, and we we love them all. You can make it 46. Well, you (laughs) and or your friends can make it 46, 7, 8, 9, 50. Let's aim for 50, starting small. There we go. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Reviews, the letter N, booze um yeah and you know rate us five stars comment share our podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and obviously just, we're, you know we're just hit that follow button follow yeah. buttons are huge yeah we love doing this we've wanted to start a podcast before podcasts were a thing back in ninth grade high school so yes, this is a, a dream come true here <laughs> yes <laughs> we love you all equally but differently and have a fantastic night Yep, see you guys. Bye.